Going Meta episode 22. It's not about you. British philosopher Bertrand Russell once wrote that the best way to overcome one's fear of death is to make your interests gradually wider and more impersonal, until bit by bit the walls of the ego recede, and your life becomes increasingly merged in a universal life. Lately I have spent a lot of my time worrying. Worrying if my life is going in the right direction, if I will be able to find true, genuine happiness one day, a fulfilling job and maybe even someone to share my life with. So naturally, a large amount of my day consists of complaining. Not necessarily out loud, but mainly in my head. For example, in today's time, with the pandemic going on, I really miss my family and I miss going somewhere without having to worry so much about my health. When someone asks me how I'm doing, I usually answer with, good. But the truth is, inside I feel so angry and the truth is, I feel so goddamn depressed. And the truth is, I've felt this hurt for so long and for just as long I have been pretending that I'm okay. And it's just as true that probably no one wants to hear about my misery, because everyone has their own. And this makes me feel even sadder and more alone. So through all this worrying I suspect that I exude a certain presence, although most people see me as a stoic person as someone that doesn't easily get worked up by things, when in reality I am deeply unhappy most of the time. But for now, let's notice that I have talked only about myself so far. I complained only about my own issues, which is understandable because that is more or less everything I can really be sure of. My own feelings and emotions. There is this invisible barrier between each one of us because the emotions of other people first have to be communicated to me, be it verbally or through other signs like body language, for example. And even then I can't fully grasp them to the full extent, with the same gravity the other person is experiencing them. Just as you are the protagonist in your life, I am the protagonist in my own life as well. And we have no other choice. Everything that has ever happened to me and will ever happen to me has happened with me at the absolute center of it. Everything that I observe stands in relation to my perspective. So unfortunately, I am always biased on assuming that my emotions at this moment right now are the most important and acute thing. The problem is that I can't look into other people's heads. Because if I could, maybe I could start seeing things like a person which is behaving rudely to me has actually just received some bad news and is in a bad mood now, not to upset me in whatever way, but because they just got yelled at by the boss or one of their family members just got hospitalized. I am only able to feel my immediate reaction to the other person's unfriendliness. How dare you stranger be so unkind to me? Why do you have such evil intentions? This concept of consciousness, of the ego, something that has been investigated to a great extent but understood only to a tiny fraction, is also something that blinds us to a lot of things happening around us. Looked at from an evolutionary standpoint, these metaphorical blinders actually make sense though, considering Richard Dawkins' book The Selfish Gene and that our DNA's sole intention is to care for its own survival while at the same time making copies of itself. But nonetheless, this default setting makes us unaware that we are actually put on this world for other people. Or so I would make the claim. That it's not just about me and it's not just about you. In fact, I will even make the statement that the best source for happiness is actually found in each other. Or to quote one of my favorite recent TV shows, Afterlife, happiness is amazing. It's so amazing that it doesn't matter if it's yours or not. Good people do things for other people, not just for themselves. Something that sounds pretty banal, but is actually quite complex, the more you think about it. 
As someone dealing with depressive episodes on a regular basis, I made the observation that, especially in these dark moments, we are the blindest to our environment. We get so caught up in our heads that we become completely self-centered. When in fact, caring for others is the best medicine I found for depression. Whenever I get depressed, I become a self-pitying ball of gloom, becoming blind to all the privileges I have in my life. All the things I should be thankful for. And instead, I busy myself so much with my own quote-unquote problems, when instead I could be out there caring for other people that really need a helping hand. Now that this virus has us all in difficult situations, weighing heavily on our daily moods, it has become even harder to get a better sense of how other people are feeling because our social contact is limited even further. For example, I got so caught up in my own struggles with the crisis that I had actually no awareness of how my parents are dealing with all this. The fact that my mother feels depressed as well, isolated and like she has nobody to talk to. What good would it do then to complain about my own depression in such moments? None. It would only worsen the situation, giving the people around you the feeling that they are once again not being listened to. And rather than bringing us closer together, actually tearing us farther apart. If we wouldn't take care of each other, how would it be possible for goodness to manifest in the world? Sure, I can do good things for myself. In fact, taking care of one's own psyche is one of the most important things to do nowadays. But think about this. Ultimately, if I take care of myself, I will sooner or later reach a state of inner peace, which in turn I will then be able to exude towards the people in my environment. Or maybe through living in such a well-balanced manner, I am now a living example, a guidepost motivating people to live happier lives themselves. Or having taken care of my own happiness, I can now take the resources that are left and take care of the happiness of other people. I think it's a constant interplay of helping others and taking care of yourself. Because just as much helping others will fill your own heart with a deep feeling of satisfaction and therefore being something that you could consider self-care as well. So taking care of others is really a sort of taking care of yourself. This is not to say though that you should completely disregard your own feelings or desires as illegitimate. I would rather like to encourage you to change your default mode of not considering how the people you interact with on a day-to-day -day basis might feel, not weighing their motivation against yours and whether or not how you feel is actually really as important in such moments as we often make it to be. Just consider this example. Have you ever stood in the checkout line of a supermarket and thought to yourself, look at all these dead-eyed zombies, every one of them part of the rat race, living their boring lives, never doing anything special until one day they will all die and fall into oblivion. Sorry, I got a little carried away there. But this is exactly what I'm talking about, this default setting. It's that automatic, unconscious belief that I am at the center of the world and that my immediate needs and feelings are what should determine the world's priorities. I am the protagonist of the story. If this were a movie, the camera would be on me right now and you would hear my thoughts as a voiceover. And I am blaming neither you nor me for thinking that way. How could you think otherwise? Because for you, only your feelings are truly real. Only your observations of the world are what truly manifest in your brain, causing neurons to fire, creating chemical reactions and making you conscious of the world around you. I think the state of a kind of autopilot is not something we are born with. Rather, it's something we slip into slowly, one day at a time, getting more and more selective about what we want to see and which things we consider valuable in our lives. Never being fully aware of it, until it's too late and it has become something that we do in every moment of our lives. A lot of this episode is inspired by David Foster Wallace's commencement speech, This is Water. 
If you don't know what this is, please pause this podcast right now, go to YouTube and search for it. Because I consider it one of the most important things every one of us needs to hear in our lives. Just like fish in the ocean, not being aware of the water they are swimming in, we aren't aware of the fact that the universe doesn't revolve around us. So we have to remind ourselves each and every day that this is water, this is water, this is water. For David Foster Wallace, it is about this freedom we have every day to choose the way we want to look at the world. He summarized the solution to this problem of our egocentric worldview in this one eloquent, beautiful sentence. Quote, The really important kind of freedom involves attention and awareness and discipline and being able truly to care about other people and to sacrifice for them over and over in myriad, petty, unsexy ways every day. Unquote. And if that isn't enough, consider these words by neurologist and psychologist Viktor Frankl, who not only survived the Holocaust, but also wrote about the psychological mechanisms underlying such a horrific period in history in his astonishing book, Man's Search for Meaning. Quote, We who lived in concentration camps can remember the men who walked through the huts comforting others, giving away their last piece of bread. They may have been few in number, but they offer sufficient proof that everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. That's it, we're here for others until we die. Not to give the impression that I have all the answers, but for me, this suffices in being the meaning of life. Taking care of each other may be the only way how we can make sense of all this mess. And even if we will die one day and fall into oblivion and all the people remembering us vanishing one day as well, until nothing of our existence is left, to see a smile on other people's face, knowing that you put it there, is enough of a reason to keep me going, regardless of how dark the times may get. At least for me it is. So I hope I enriched your day in any way with this episode, maybe even putting a smile on your face, and I am infinitely grateful for you taking the time out of your day to listen to me talk about these sometimes wild and wacky topics. My name is Persoering, the host of this podcast, and whenever or wherever you are listening to this, I hope you are having a great day. So goodbye and until next time.